Well, this is our final weekend out of four that all of us priests are preaching on the Holy Eucharist. Again, this this gospel we heard concludes John chapter 6, that bread of life discourse. We've talked about the Eucharist as uh, the reverence that we owe to the Holy Eucharist. We talked about how the Eucharist nourishes us as the food for our souls. And we've also talked about the real presence of Jesus in Holy Communion. And all of these things are things that, that we truly revere about the Holy Eucharist. We, we take great pride in the Eucharist as Catholics, as we should. It's why we're here. It's what distinguishes us from other Christians. And really, the Eucharist is why so many people even choose to remain in the church when they have struggles and trials within their faith. But brothers and sisters, we mustn't let our pride in the gift of the Eucharist turn into presumption of our worthiness to receive that gift. So that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today, our worthiness to receive Holy Communion. And certainly there's been a lot of discussion on this this topic in recent months about what it means to worthily receive Holy Communion and what it means to be a Catholic in good standing. Uh, Certainly a great amount of debate earlier this summer among our nation's bishops. But I think that it is a conversation worth having, brothers and sisters. And this is a conversation that cannot and should not just be about one person or one class of people. It's not a question of denying communion to anyone. And it's certainly not just a question only to Catholics in prominent positions of public life. This is something that each and every one of us should think about when we walk into the doors of church each and every Sunday. Again, sure, there's a special responsibility for Catholics in leadership, whether it be in culture or business. And again, there's more than just one issue we can talk about in relation to Eucharistic coherence or worthiness. This is a message, I think, that all of us should hear and heed. Our bishops have been reminding us these last few months of the need for what they've referred to as Eucharistic coherence. Now, what does that mean? I've kind of boiled it down to an idea that there should be consistency in our lives between what we believe, our conduct, and the Holy Eucharist. There ought to be a consistency, a coherence, between belief, our conduct, and the communion that we receive. If there is incoherence or inconsistency between those things, if our lives do not reflect full communion with the sacrament that we hope to receive today, then, brothers and sisters, we ought not receive. Because when we say amen... When that priest holds up the host and says, the body of Christ, when we say amen to that, it is us saying, I'm all in. I am all in with what is being presented before me. My thoughts, my words, my actions, my faith, and my conduct are all fully united with Christ and the teachings of the gospel. My life is in communion with Jesus. That is what we are saying when we say amen to the priest when he, when he holds out that host to us. It's why 
we ask non-Catholics not to receive communion since there isn't a full unity there. And it's why if there's some central teaching of the faith, whether it's one of doctrine or morals that we are not living by, then we ought not receive communion until that incoherence is addressed and reformed. It's also why if there's serious sin on our souls, then we shouldn't receive communion either. Or else that amen isn't really an all-in. That's what Jesus wants for us, that our amen be an all-in at Holy Communion. There should be a coherence, a communion between what we believe, how we act, and what we are receiving. It's important for us to ask ourselves that question each week. Is my life all in with the gospel in Christ? Now, there are many people who might say, well, what's the problem? Aren't we all unworthy anyway? What's the real harm in someone receiving communion in a state of grave sin. I think that question kind of presents a problem, brothers and sisters. And the problem isn't so much that there are public, Catholic public figures who shouldn't be receiving communion. That isn't so much the problem. The problem is that there are so many ordinary people who don't believe there is such a thing as being in a state of serious sin. And that it actually does us grave spiritual harm if we stay in that state. Yeah, that's the real problem. That so many people don't believe there's such a thing as a state of serious sin. And that it does us spiritual harm if we remain in it. That's why the church speaks out so boldly in this area. Because she knows that sin does us real spiritual harm. And yes, objectively, brothers and sisters, we are all unworthy of Holy Communion. That's why I always love to say the confiti or the I confess prayer at the beginning of Mass. We acknowledge it. And even before receiving communion, we say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But brothers and sisters, we know that there are certain sins that are more grave than others. A toddler sneaking chocolate needs a correction sure, but a toddler playing with fire needs a dramatic intervention before more serious harm is done. And the church does draw a line on these things, especially when the sin is serious, like whether it's supporting abortion, or whether that sin is public, like living in a state of life incompatible with the church's teachings. And the church does this because she knows these things do us real spiritual harm. Sin severs our relationship with God, especially mortal sin, and cuts us off from being able to receive his grace. It's why St. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, right after describing the Last Supper to them, right after giving them this great gift of the Eucharist, he says these words. He says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment upon himself. Those are strong words 
from St. Paul. Brothers and sisters, if anything, these words should challenge us and invite us. Because what the church is saying to us is that if we are in a state of grave sin, the good news is that we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live in that state. That's why we have the sacrament of reconciliation. That beautiful sacrament that brings us back to communion. And brings us back in good graces with God so that we can receive communion at Mass. And if you haven't been able to go to reconciliation and there's some serious mortal sin on your soul, then in humility, we shouldn't receive until we've gone to confession first. Again, that going to not receiving is a great and virtuous act of humility in that circumstance. And certainly, brothers and sisters, not receiving communion isn't easy if that's, if that's our state right now. But no one should feel any less than by not receiving communion. It's the right thing to do if our souls are not in full communion with Jesus. And yes, brothers and sisters, in the words of Jesus, this teaching is hard. Conforming our lives around the Eucharist rather than the other way around. It can be difficult for us to acknowledge that once in a while there might be a time in our lives where I'm not worthy to receive or not in a position to receive Holy Communion. But hopefully, brothers and sisters, even through that difficulty, our response to that can be the same response that St. Peter gave. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where else, brothers and sisters, can we go? Where else can we receive the mercy of God that heals our souls? Where else can we be in communion of body and soul and receive the sacrament of charity in holy communion? It's here. It's here in the church. It's here at the altar. This is the font of mercy and of life that all of us are called to receive. So brothers and sisters, as we conclude these weeks of teaching on the Eucharist, may we discern our worthiness of so precious and profound a gift and pray for coherence of our lives with the sacrament that we receive. And let us grow in our love for the Eucharist, the source and summit of our Catholic faith.